0: And today we're talking about the hypocrisy of the United States government vis-a-vis the issue of human rights. And we're very happy to be joined for this conversation today by Dave Lindorf, an investigative journalist, editor of the online publication ThisCantBeHappening.net, and a 2019 winner of an Izzy Award for Outstanding Independent Media. Dave, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And uh, Dave, here recently, we saw the United Nations General Assembly voting 93 to 24 with 58 abstentions to remove the Russian Federation from the U.N. Human Rights Council um, around the allegations of war crimes and human rights abuses as it pertains to the ongoing war in Ukraine. And, you know, we've been seeing calls for independence. Uh, investigations into these issues. Uh, speaking of, you know, the massacres at Bucha, uh, the bombings at Mariupol and, and things like this. But, you know, uh, the United States and, and the NATO member states don't seem interested in the kind of independent investigation of what happened in these situations, but rather uh, uh, seem more intent on asserting that it was, you know, Russian troops that were committing these war crimes in Ukraine. And I mean, you know, from my perspective, when you talk about the reality of war, I mean, I feel like there's going to be uh, bloodshed on all sides. All sides are going to seek to uh, advance their own narrative. And to be sure, the fog of war travels in all directions. But it seems that uh, having these kinds of independent investigations would go a ways to, to clear that fog. But we're not really seeing that uh, coming from some of uh, uh, the major countries here, as I've mentioned. And uh, particularly when we look at the history of the United States, both the history and what is happening right now in this moment. Uh, if you want to talk about human rights abuses and war crimes, I mean, I would go so far as to say that uh, war crimes is a defining factor of U.S. foreign policy. But we don't uh, really see this contradiction being uh, highlighted or pointed out. And Dave, you recently published a piece uh, about this entitled Why Hasn't the U.S. Been Kicked Off of the U.N. Human Rights Council? Council, and I think it's uh, an interesting question to pose here, as the U.S. uh, seems to be positioning itself as a champion for these kinds of human rights. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, let's let's first start by uh, by describing the Human Rights Commission because it is uh, largely a farce, uh, and the the expulsion of Russia from that body doesn't change much except for a publicity issue I mean the, the Human Rights Commission it should be pointed out has in its entire history only uh, convict tried rather uh, under 10 people for war crimes <laughs> I mean it's got a terrible record um, and and those people were some of the most uh, you know heinous, Violators of human rights and, and, and committers of war crimes like Jaredich, you know, uh, in, the, in the Bosnia-Serbia thing. Uh, and, uh, and some of them were actually acquitted uh, of those few who were ever tried for war crimes. Countries have not been tried for war crimes, but should be. Uh, I mean, repeatedly over the history of this thing, we've had countries violating the UN Charter, which is a binding treaty on, uh, on all signatories, including the United States. And it calls an invasion, an illegal invasion, the number one crime. It's called a crime against peace. The US has been guilty of that uh, in Vietnam in Laos, in Cambodia, uh, in um, – the only country we actually had sanction to do a legal invasion was Korea because it was approved by the uh, UN Security Council. But none of our other invasions have qualified either – Uh, on the grounds of being approved by the UN Security Council, which is one way you can have a legal invasion of another country. And the other is if your country is under imminent threat, that's the term of art, uh, of attack. And certainly Iraq and Vietnam were not imminently about to attack the US, Um, uh, nor was Afghanistan, nor was Panama, nor was Grenada, nor was Cuba, no, was nor was, and none of the countries that we have attacked have been imminently uh, about to attack us, and none of them were approved by the UN Security Council. So they all are number one crimes against peace. Now, in in the current case, um, the. The I mean at least in my view Russia is clearly guilty of a war crime for the invasion because Ukraine was not about to attack Russia, and was uh, and it wasn't approved by the Security Council. Uh, so I I've wondered why the big fuss about. The, the lesser war crimes of uh you know of massacres and alleged massacres by either side because really the, the the big war crime is the invasion itself. But I think the reason is that the US is using and the Ukrainian uh, government there under uh, Zelensky are using the charge of of massacres because it's a uh, you know they get a few visuals uh, that are that are ghastly and that uh, build uh, hatred of Russia and support for further US supplying of weapons into this conflict zone uh, which only make things worse. So it's all really about perceptions and and molding perceptions now, the other thing to say is that uh, while the U.S. keeps calling for people to be tried in, you know, for war crimes, uh, the U.S. itself uh, is exempt from being uh, tried for war crimes because it refuses to accept the jurisdiction of the world court. Something Russia also has refused to do and China also has refused to do. Major powers will not allow themselves to be tried, you know, so that when, uh, you know, something like uh, Pinochet in Chile, who massacred uh, thousands of people uh, in his coup, was uh, brought to the world court and tried uh, for – committing uh, you know uh, n- not war crimes but uh, but you know genocide the human rights violations in his coup and was brought to the World court the reason that could happen he was arrested on a uh, Spanish warrant in, uh, in while he was on a trip to Britain and extradited. Uh, to face trial in Chile was the reason for that was because the World court is recognized by Chile. Um, you know, ma- most of the countries of the world do accept the jurisdiction of the World Court. Um, the US does not. It has thus you know no grounds for calling on other countries to be uh, brought to the court um, because it won't support it itself.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you you note uh, a couple of... The, what I think are some of the most prominent examples of this uh, kind of hypocrisy from the United States in your piece when you, you know, discuss Libya and Afghanistan and Iraq. And I think a lot of people have been sort of correctly raising this because, you know, even if we're just looking about, I mean, in terms of deaths, I mean, it's I mean, it's astronomical, really. I mean, it doesn't even compare when you uh, look at uh, sort of the raw numbers, at least that we know so far in terms of the war in Ukraine. Now, of course, that's not to, you know, uh, uh, delegitimize or sort of undermine the seriousness of uh, the deaths and violence that's happening there. Uh, but again, uh, when you have the U.S. that is positioning itself as, you know, the protector of Ukraine's sovereignty and as an extension, sort of a protector of the Ukrainian people, I mean, it more than than kind of raises uh, an eyebrow. And so it seems to me, Dave, that really, I mean, it's a question of power. I mean, the U.S. Uh, uh, is a sort of the world, uh hegemonic power on the uh, global stage, and it's very difficult and really nearly impossible uh, for Washington to be held accountable in the same way as we see other countries that don't have the kind of control over uh, uh, much of uh, the earth in a number of ways as the United States does. But as you mentioned earlier, and I think this is uh, definitely correct. I mean, it's all a part and parcel of sort of uh, the further demonization of of Russia in general and Vladimir Putin as an individual, which is then uh, so you just sort of justify the U.S.'s ongoing sort of military support of Ukraine, which will um, uh, uh, only sort of extend this conflict. And so that is to me is. Really kind of a part of um, the painful uh, reality of this is that it's not just sort of a uh, moral uh, uh, failing or flaw in the United States. We're talking about uh, policies and actions. And like you say, these illegal wars that have had devastating impacts on, on countless people.
1: Yeah. No. Look. Let's let's look at this honestly. The United States. Uh, you know, Martin Luther King in his famous Riverside speech uh, back in. Uh, let me think. It was nineteen sixty eight. He. Uh, that was a very important year uh, for me. <laughs> that was the year I was. Uh, I was, um, you know, confronted with. Uh, my, my decision to be a draft resistor um and refusing the draft. Um and it also was Tet uh the the um the the he signed his death warrant, basically by making his speech in which he declared that the United States, it was when he came out against the Vietnam War forcefully, and he declared that the United States was the primary perpetrator of violence in the world. And that was, you know, all the way back then. It has remained that all the way through to the present, Um, that millions of people, have mostly civilians and a large percentage of them, children and women, non-combatants, have been killed by U.S. Uh, war efforts around the world, beginning in Korea when we carpet bombed the North and killed several million people, mostly civilians, uh, when, in, uh, you know, places like the Dominican Republic uh, and uh, Guatemala. And, um, and then, you know, moving on to, of course, Indochina, where our slaughter was epic, of uh of Vietnamese, Laotians, and Cambodians and uh and then onward, you know, to to uh, these other big wars, uh Iraq twice, um, and uh and then um, you know Afghanistan uh in between those two wars in Iraq and Invasions of Iraq, and uh, you know, and onward to Syria, where we've where we've uh, also slaughtered people and and destroyed cities far more than even Mariupol has been destroyed. Um, so, the U.S. continues to be the primary uh, perpetrator of violence, and um, and we as Americans don't think about it. It's like uh, you know, down the down the tunnel of forgetfulness. But that's the truth. And now, now what we're doing in the, in Ukraine is we are basically blocking uh, uh, Zelensky, who showed uh, repeatedly an interest in settling this thing, you know, on terms that. Probably Russia would accept of, you know, um, perhaps minimal uh, territorial loss of uh, uh, eastern Donbass and, um, and uh, an agreement to remain neutral like Austria and Finland have been for, you know, since World War II, uh, and both very prosperous democracies, by the way, for doing that, because they haven't had to have huge armies uh, since they're neutral. And um, and then, uh, you know, uh, also promising not to try to join NATO and getting a pledge from NATO that they wouldn't try to uh, – to put bases in Ukraine, that that would end the fighting, end the killing, and uh, it would be over. Uh, and instead, we're arming the Ukrainians uh, to fight on a, a battle that they cannot win. You know, let's face it; they they can, they've shown a, a phenomenal ability to stop the Russian advance, um, and you know, to fight you know, really uh, courageously, uh, even citizens, but they can't win. They can't – Russia is not going to leave Crimea and it's not going to leave Donbass and Lukansk. I mean, I think that everyone understands that. Uh, they, they're not going to be pushed out of those. And one reason is because they have support in those two regions, which they didn't have so much in the surrounding area around places like Kiev. Uh, so, you know, at some point there's going to be a stalemate recognized and uh, a lot of killing can happen between now and that point uh, or – it can stop right now. And and the U.S. prefers to uh, to keep fighting to the last Ukrainians, which I think is very, very, very tragic.
0: Yeah. And, you know, Dave, you're not the first person who's come on the show and said that the United States is willing to fight Russia down to the last Ukrainian. And, and that is sort of a, a horrifying uh, thing to think about, but I think it's true. And when we see the, I mean, what I would describe as a kind of just uh, bottomless uh, brutality and frankly, just genocidal fervor of Washington across the globe proves that they're willing to do such a thing. And I did want to make a slight uh, correction. Uh, King, I said 1968, but the Beyond Vietnam speech was April 4th, of 1967, which is a year to the day of his assassination, interestingly enough. And so I have absolutely agree with you that um, uh, he kind of, uh, 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 you know, that basically he kind of had to go from that point, from the standpoint of the United States, because he refused and was deeply criticized for this. He he refused to be parochial. He refused to um, keep his message uh, restricted to simply uh, racism inside the United States. And King himself actually highlighted this hypocrisy. He talked about how, you know, the media praised him for preaching nonviolence against uh, racist sheriffs in Mississippi and Alabama but condemned him for uh, criticizing the U.S.'s violence in Vietnam. And he also, you know, talks about in different places, you know, the triple evils of, you know, racism, economic exploitation and war, which I think is very much a dynamic that we're grappling with in the 21st century. But Dave King also talked about. Um, And I'm paraphrasing here, but he talked about how, you know, the smithereens of, you know, the bombs that the U.S. drops on other countries actually lands in the U.S. Because so much money that should go to uplifting the poor and improving people's conditions, giving them living wages, food, clothes, shelter, quality education, all of that, all of that is going to war that is only going to cause a death, bloodshed and destruction for another people. And when we see the hundreds of billions of dollars, that the U.S. government today under Joe Biden is uh, uh, giving to the war, it feels that uh, very much like that dynamic that King told us about some decades ago is still very much in place.
1: And worse than that, Sean, the Current military budget has soared by not the the eight hundred million or you know one point three billion that the U S is pledging in arms for Ukraine. It's it's risen by twenty something billion because the uh, in the in this uh, uh, t- huge campaign to uh, demonize Russia over this invasion, uh, the U S ha- that has given away like vast amounts of money to the arms industry on projects that won't be completed for five or 10 years from now. You know, they've increased funding for more ships, more planes, uh, you know, more new uh, space uh, weapons and all things that have nothing to do with Ukraine. And uh, so they're just taking advantage of this war hysteria to, um, increase the budget to an epic level that is the largest in constant dollars since the end of World War II. This is absurd.
0: Definitely. Well, we thank you so much, Dave, for joining us today. We're going to leave it there and move to a break here on By Any Means Necessary on Radio Sputnik in Washington, D.C. We'll be right back. So please stay with us. By Any Means Necessary